0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Well, good morning. It's Deep South Dining here on Monday morning, bright and early. Carol, how are you? Malcolm, I'm
1: great. I see you're in your basement, and we are still socially distancing.
0: That's right. You're in your studio, and I'm in my studio. Java's back at the studio, and then we have guests who are calling in from their studios. So it's a a from-a-distance kind of morning. How was your weekend? Well, my
1: weekend was great, but I was just thinking about it since, you know, now we have whole weeks to talk about. Not just That's cooking true. on the weekend, but, uh, but you know, cooking every night. So how about you? What, what have you been up to cooking-wise?
0: We've been grilling a lot. Kara uh, <clears throat> marinated some uh, what I call Armenian chicken. I don't think she would call it that. But it's kind of a, <clears throat> a yogurt-based uh, mayonnaise and then some Mediterranean herb. Uh, marinade, and then I grill it on the grill. And uh, we also last night uh, grilled a piece of halibut on the coals that uh, I rubbed real good with uh, lemon juice and olive oil and some fresh mint that I have out in the yard. And that was tasty. What about you?
1: Well, I've been following uh, recipes from our Facebook page, Cooking and Coping, and. Yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from that because I'm not as creative a cook as you, Malcolm. It is not as natural to me, sadly, but I I had some big scores this weekend. And and, and this week, uh, the best thing I made, uh, I took from Leanne Galt, who was one of our favorite posters in Good Buddies, and it was garlic shrimp and white beans. It was delicious. And I yeah, looked at I Leanne's that. picture, and I said, I've got to do that. Then um, I made a, a recipe from Robert St. John that is one of my favorites. It's called The World's Last Meatloaf. And Ooh. there's just nothing that makes a man as happy as meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And that one is really, really something.
0: We so made another you that's great. Kara made a great seasonal dish—a corn salad. I, I love this time of year when the fresh corn starts coming in. So we had we had corn salad uh, along with the uh, grilled chicken and the grilled halibut. So it was uh um, it was we we've, we've been eating rather well. So what about the the Facebook page? It just seems to keep growing and growing. Talk a little bit about that. That's well, been it, quite it, a
1: uh, it project. really does, and and for me because I work on it every day, uh, just getting to meet people from all over the country, Um, you know, a lot of them from around the region, but you start knowing their personalities through their food, and some of my favorites are Bob Yarbrough, who's in Charlottesville, Virginia, and then I've mentioned Tim Pierce before, I think he's a Boonville guy. He's a Boonville
0: boy, he's a Boonville boy.
1: And he lives in Memphis, and I just look forward to seeing every day what he does, and then um Bob Lacour. I don't know if if you know Bob. He's over Only in through this page. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was in L.A. for many years, but everything he does is is beautiful. And then Jenny Pugh Hernandez in Madrid, Spain. But ah. I get a lot of ideas and recipes um, from these people, and it it's so much fun. And and I, I wanted to tell you, I scored snow peas. And baby heirloom carrots from Donna Barksdale's kitchen garden this week. She was nowhere that. to be. Yeah, she was nowhere to be found. So,
0: so you helped there yourself. There you go.
1: Yeah, and I'm suggesting if maybe you're out and about, you might want to go do that.
0: I just it might.
1: Is, hey, yes, it's prolific. T- t-
0: tell all our listeners who are interested in the Facebook page. You know, I mean, I know it sounds simple, but tell them exactly how to go there and join the, the fun.
1: Well, you go to Facebook and when you go into the, the search bar, just search for cooking and coping and just jump right in. And you can either watch from the sidelines or you can post what you're cooking. And, and it's everything from hot dogs and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you know, to really uh, creative meals that people are doing. But it's it's real food. It's not like, you know, you go on Instagram and see a lot of times uh, know, food that is so precious that people are taking pictures of in restaurants. I mean, this is real people making real food during this crisis. And it's about coping and comforting.
0: Now, we're going through this process. A lot of people have been bringing community cookbooks to our attention. So, next week, we're actually going to do a show on community cookbooks, right?
1: Yeah. So, I hope everybody starts pulling out their favorite cookbook. It's going to be like Battle of the Bands, but Battle of the Cookbooks. And we'll call in and tell about and defend, you know, their
0: personal cookbook. Great. So that'll be next Monday morning at nine o'clock. But you know what? Let's take a quick break here and uh, bring on our guests for the day. Uh, It is that time of day. So when we return, we're going to talk to uh, the authors of the new cookbook art book. A good meal is hard to find. That's Martha Foose and Amy Evans, who started this journey together on the Pluto plantation on beautiful Bee Lake in Holmes County. And they're going to be here right after the break to talk to us about their project and this beautiful new book that they have produced. And let me tell you, it is one, it is a must-have book for your collection. Feel free to join the conversation with Carol and I and Martha and Amy, 1-877-MPB Ring, or shoot us an email at e at food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform.
0: Ah, yes, and you're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. This is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. And now we want you to meet the ladies. First, chef and best-selling cookbook author and James Beard Award winner and a longtime friend of mine, Martha Foose. Welcome, Martha. Good morning, good morning. How goes life in the Delta?
2: Well, we're used to making our own fun, so uh, we're coping pretty well over here. Um. Cooking a lot, eating a lot, uh, waving at people through the window—that kind of thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Also, let's Delta welcome thing. award. It is the Delta thing. Let's also welcome award-winning artist, writer, documentarian, and now based back in her hometown of Houston, Texas, but honestly, a Mississippi girl at heart. Amy Evans. hello, Amy.
1: Hey, my people. How is everybody this morning? We are so happy to talk to you and Martha. We've been looking forward to this all week. Same. Thank you for
3: having us. Same
0: here. Let's talk a little Uh, bit about what you gals are cooking in your kitchens uh, uh, back home. We'll start with uh, Martha. She talked a little bit about entertaining herself. What's cooking uh, at Pluto?
2: Well, uh, we're holed up in Greenwood right now and um, doing a lot of project cooking. So, like yesterday was an all-day affair. I made um, uh, crab rangoon and egg rolls and fried rice and peach cobbler. So, it was an all-day-in-the-kitchen affair with a mountain of dirty dishes in the sink, but it was well worth it. We've been um, taking my mom, we usually do take my mom, her supper every night, so that gives us a chance to um, see her and, uh, oh, and also Tempura shrunk.
0: So it was a.
2: Oh, sounds delicious.
0: A a I, day, I didn't get us. my
1: invitation, did you?
0: Well, not today, but I tell you what, I've eaten uh, from the hand of Martha Foos before and it's mighty tasty.
1: It is. It certainly is.
0: So, Amy, what's cooking in Houston, the international community of houston texas
3: well it's just me and my 10 year old daughter so we've been doing a lot of uh baking as homeschool Uh
0: oh Oh, did we lose
2: we lost amy well i know that amy i know amy made the um Uh sausage balls um that are in a good meal is hard to find and they feature a couple of secret ingredients like mashed sweet potato and a little dose of fennel seeds with um, sweet Italian sausage in the sausage balls. So, um, oh, man. I know they spent a day on that
1: project. Well, oh. Amy, I've loved seeing some of your postings on cooking and coping with things from the cookbook. They've just been wonderful and beautiful. But uh, one Thank thing you. I'm wondering, and Malcolm, did anybody contact you about writing a blurb for the book?
0: You know, I feel certain that they meant to, but they probably got distracted <laughs> cooking and coping.
1: So, what about designed, you? Did you write well, a well? I, I didn't, but you know, we came up. We wrote some of our own since we weren't weren't asked. And um, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is on your second edition. These are for the back of your book. Okay, <laughs> okay. The Thelma and Louise of the culinary world <laughs> take us on a wild and whimsical ride into cookbook history. You
2: like it? That's a winner. Chicken dinner.
0: And what about what about a fresh departure, a fun departure from the same old, same old with these two?
2: Well, that's sweet. That's too.
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay, we quir- on Instagram. Okay, quir- <laughs> here's here, okay, a quirky artist and a celebrated Southern cook join forces to paint, cook, and entertain us with a host of eccentric characters and recipes.
2: Yeah,
1: not to not to like. <laughs> not to like.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: And we love Leslie Kelly's uh, comment. Uh, Leslie did the article in Forbes magazine and she called it the delicious diversion you need right now. And it certainly uh, is a diversion. I mean, I just laughed myself silly you know, reading it and just loving the thought that Martha actually came up with the recipes based on the paintings I had Ask Amy which came first, the paintings or the recipes. And, you know, that that is hard to do. That's a pretty amazing skill to take a painting and make a recipe to go around it. So, Martha, hats off.
2: Oh, thanks a lot. It was a really fun project. And um, Amy and I had such a great time putting our heads together. I love collaboration because I always feel, you know, two heads are better than one. And um, I've always been such a fan of Amy's work, and I just wanted to do her proud. Well, you did, you really did, did, you did, you
1: really did her her proud. But for our listeners, the book is like a, a square, eight and a half by eight and a half, and it has the most charming cover. And I, you know, I was thinking, it's just a shame to put this you know, stick it into a shelf. I mean it really needs to be seen from the front. You know, put it on a coffee table, lay it on the counter in your kitchen, uh, so all your friends will go, Ooh, what's that? But it has such great I think everybody needs a copy
3: for every room of their house. You need one on the kitchen, you need one and, you we wouldn't even be offended if somebody had a copy in their
1: bathroom. So no, I, I think it's your house. <laughs> I think it's I think it's perfect. But um, Amy's paintings, and and I'm proud to say that I have one, are are still lifes, and and they're you know, very whimsical and and fun. But Amy, I, I noticed a lot of recurring themes, like you know, like a a, pe- a can of carnation milk and a pink hair roller and bobby pins. There seem to be bobby pins and hair rollers and food products all through this. Can you can you speak to that?
3: Yeah. So I started making these paintings of the ladies, as we affectionately call them, in about 2006. And it just became kind of a shorthand for me to have these little icons that I revisit that, that reinforce the Visual notion that these are all about women. I mean, the very feel like I know and love, and then Martha got to know and love, and then I've you know and they now have a second life through this book. But you know, I just I was when I was growing up, I would go to Alabama and visit my grandmother every summer, and she used to try to put spit curls in my head, and so there's that certain kind of hair that is kind of triggering to me, <laughs> and I love painting a bobby pin, and I just and there's I have a painting that's Ida Shorelunt in the book, but it's a, a, in the painting is a picture of some, a vintage hairnet packaging, and I just, you know, hair is such a specific thing to Southern women, and to make a nod to all of that, and, you know, the good and bad associated with hair, and all of, all the things we do, it's just a fun way to kind of add a little sense of humor in my paintings, and then,
1: you know, like I said,
3: tell you that this is about a lady. A, well,
1: uh, or... one of my favorite ones is the one that has the lid of a can of sunshine sliced pimentos with a bobby pin and a pink sponge roller. And also, mm-hmm. Martha's, Martha's recipe is, is one of my um, favorite in the book that goes with it. It's it's the buttered pimento souffle. How about that, Martha? Well, um, I felt
2: this was very bouffant <laughs> material. and I was like, what's something that's close to a bouffant hairdo? And obviously that's a souffle. And, um, I think people are kind of intimidated by souffles, but this is like the world's easiest recipe. You get some sliced bread, you smother it in butter, you throw it in the blender with your eggs, sprinkle some pimentos on top and put it in the oven and it poofs up really nicely and it Looks like you put a lot of effort into it when really it's the simplest thing, which is a quality I enjoy in a recipe. But
1: I can't, I can't wait to try it. But Martha, um, the notions in notes in the book remind me of what I've always loved about your cooking and about your teaching at the Viking Cooking School. You always give the best tips, and you know, so many of them come to me, uh, and the other day I was frying, and I thought, okay, you use this hand for this, and that hand, use your clean hand, but the the notions in notes are wonderful, and the one on this, I just never knew this, she talked about always grate your cheese yourself, like on a box grater, Mm -hmm. uh, because shredded packaged cheese is often mixed with cellulose, which is derived from, from wood, to keep it from clumping. I mean, that is so, that is a uh, great piece of knowledge.
2: Your cheese straws, everything you make with shredded cheese will be improved if you just go ahead. What's it going to take you, like a minute and a half to grate some cheese? So make the effort.
0: So, Martha, the uh, structure of the book or recipes, these paintings of Amy's, the notions and notes, but the vignettes, I just love, there's a vignette that goes with each one. Uh, Did you write those, and were they a collaboration, or
2: how how did the the vignettes come to be? Um, Amy took the lead on this. um, Initially, when I contacted Amy about, oh, the titles of your paintings would make such great recipe head notes, and um, then we kind of described it as, Amy did the paintings and I did the recipes and then we came together to make the creamy filling that is the um, head notes. But since the majority of the paintings were the jumping off point for us to get this together, Amy took the lead on, um, because she knew the characters better than I did, but then eventually once we had talked about them so much more and explored their backstories, uh, they became my friends too. And then several paintings um, were created for the book, like for Rita's Roadside Attraction and for the um, Seafood Cocktail Over Red Ice, which is a marinated seafood over crushed ice that's made with clamato. Um, so uh, the stories were definitely uh, spearheaded by Amy, and then we kind of goosed them up together.
0: Right. And and is that the way the pairings all worked out? Was like, you know, why did V go with Sherry Pot Pie and Dot, Sweet Potatoes? Was that just like a, a, a collaboration conversation?
2: It was a real fun conversation.
1: <laughs> 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 well, girls, I have to say that for me the you know, the first um having Duchess's mayonnaise having mayonnaise start off the book before you even get in the chapters was a real signal that this was going to be a pretty swell book. And the heading says, our community is practically bound by mayonnaise. And, wow, a recipe for uh, mayonnaise before you you even get where you're going. I was pretty thrilled about that. Quick,
2: you can make this mayonnaise in less than five minutes. So if you're stuck at home and you're out of mayonnaise. Well, kind of walk
1: us through it.
2: Um, Well, we're going to use some uh, avocado oil, which I really like. It's got a nice neutral flavor, but it also lends a little bit of butteriness. And then um, canola oil some cayenne pepper, dry mustard, sea salt, some lemon juice, and some plain old white distilled vinegar, one egg and one egg yolk, and you just put it all down in a wide mouth jar and use your immersion blender. And in just like three or four zaps of your uh, handheld blender, you've got the pint of mayonnaise ready to go. Yeah, and, and what about
1: that if, if you don't have an immersion and, blender but have a food processor or... If you uh, have a regular blender,
2: food processor, you might want to double the um, ingredients just because a lot of food processors are so wide that they it doesn't emulsify. Um, so great if it's that shallow amount in the food processor, but you can do it in a mini food processor or just your good old blender, or you can do it in a mixer by just slowly drizzling in your oil with the whisk detachment running.
0: Now, Amy, you, these paintings are uh, acrylic paintings, right? But they have all of this vintage inspiration in them, like it seems like some of it looks like old fabric and such.
2: That's what I really I love about Amy's paintings. She incorporates a lot of oil cloth, which is sort of the decoration that's on the spine of the book, or whether it's vintage linens with embroidery on them or uh, little scraps of... Uh, of uh, different fabrics that you might find in somebody's quilter's
0: stash. Yeah, they're really, really clever and really quirky and a whole lot of fun. All right, folks, it's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we will hear more from uh, our ladies and the women who have produced this fantastic art book cookbook and their dishes. For example, Maxine's pin curl or Carla's oyster shot. So stay tuned. We're talking today to Amy Evans and Martha Foose about their new quirky art book cookbook, A Good Meal is Hard to Find, storied recipes from the Deep South. Carol and Amy and Martha and I will be right back. And you're listening to Deep South Dining with Malcolm White and Carol Puckett. We're right here on MPB Think Radio. Today, our guests are Amy Evans and Martha Foose, who have a brand-new book out called A Good Meal is Hard to Find, Storied Recipes from the Deep South. And uh, both of these ladies have spent enormous amounts of time uh, in the Mississippi Delta, as uh, has Carol and me from time to time as a visitor. Uh, and this really mystical land. But the way the, book, the cookbook is, uh, is structured, there are recipes, there are vignettes, and then there are notions and notes, and then there's this amazing art uh, from, from Amy Evans. And Carol, you're going to read one of the vignettes uh, that's featured in the book. Which one have you selected?
1: Well, I selected Camille's Bridge Club Egg Salad. And the painting that goes with it is one of Amy's most well-known paintings. It is a large jar of Duke's mayonnaise, which is dear to my heart. And it's paired with a piece of costume jewelry, um, maybe a long rhinestone earring. So, So you've got the earring and the Duke's mayonnaise. And this is the story behind it. Camille's grandmother loved Duke's mayonnaise and costume jewelry. Given the right crowd, she could pass them both off as the real thing. She was quite a hand at Duplicate Bridge, although she preferred rubber. When Camille was cleaning out the kitchen drawers in preparation for the dreaded estate sale, she found one of her grandmother's old score cards with over-trick points and slam bonuses charted on one side, and an egg salad recipe on the back. And um, I'll let Martha talk about Bridge Club Egg Salad.
2: This was one of the uh, little stories Amy and I came up with sitting at my old uh, vintage 1950s dinette set and staring out the window out at Pluto and... Um, I have a next-door neighbor who recently passed, Miss um, Riley Cole, who was quite the shark in the local bridge scene around here. And um, she was always in the paper as being one of the winners of the bridge club. And coincidentally, after she passed, I was helping her daughter um, clean out the drawers in the kitchen, and we found this is after we had written this, found pretty much the exact same things with – recipes written on the backs of, you know, bank deposit slips and envelopes and all those types of things. And so um, this is a story that actually kind of came to pass after we had already written about it. So, um, Mm. and this has been one of my favorite of Amy's paintings. And so um, uh, I'm also very ticky about how people boil or steam their eggs. And if I see a green ring around a yolk, it makes me, Bananas, bonkers. So we also get <laughs> well, a little. Well, would you talk a worse. little
1: bit about steaming the eggs? Because I found that I've never ste- steamed an egg, but
2: I'm going to now. Well, what you're going to do is um, put your eggs in a steamer basket set over some water that's already boiling, um, and then you cover it and cook it for. Put on a timer. Don't wander off. Um, you're going to cook them for exactly 12 minutes. And then you're going to get a bowl of ice water and when the eggs are done, you're going to roll them, I mean, hold them under some cold water until they're cool enough to handle and then give them a little crack and then set them down in the ice water and that will, um, help the proteins contract and make them much easier to peel. So let them chill for about 20 minutes and I think you'll have the really successful, um, gorgeous eggs for stuffing or, um uh, not too many into the dreaded green ring around your eggs.
1: Well, I love wow. the, the end of the the end of the part on steaming eggs would be a famous Martha Thews quote, and that is, "For the love of all that is holy, do not overcook your eggs." <laughs> I have strong feelings about this. Subject.
3: And we're like Amy. Are you re- back with us. with us? Yes, I'm back on the line. I'm sorry I got oh dropped, good I we me- reappeared from the ether. Yeah.
0: We missed you. Uh, While you were gone, uh, we (laughs) talked about your painting process. I wonder if we could circle back and have you talk a little bit about how you create these beautiful works of art.
3: Awesome. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. Uh, And I'm sorry I missed y'all for a minute there. But um, so this way of painting kind of came to me in about 2006 when I was still in Mississippi. And I maintain my painting practice while I was in Mississippi because I have a relationship with Pelch Gallery here in Houston and I've shown with them since 2000 and no, since 1997, my goodness. And so every year when I would sit down to paint for a show, it was kind of like starting from scratch. And so this one year I sat down and was just painting stuff like painting little still lifes of things in my studio just to kind of get my painting hand back working. And uh, I started painting all these objects and then as I put them together little stories came to me. And so that's kind of the way I've been painting ever since. And so I love painting vintage objects and objects that catch my eye and then creating these little one sentence story titles to go with them. And then I just, years went by and I had all of these portraits of these ladies. And then Martha was um, sweet enough to reach out to me and say that they would make good headnotes. And here we are.
0: How long did the process take from the, from the moment y'all decided you were going to turn this into a, a project <laughs> until you were a, able to actually uh, introduce it to the world?
3: Lousy, it's been years. <laughs> she, called, <Martha laughs> called me with the, she called me with the idea in 2014. It was the year that I moved back to Houston from Mississippi. And then we hustled up and made a proposal. And then, believe it or not, the, the manuscript was hard to sell. People didn't really get it. And then it, it wasn't even the 11th hour. It was about the 15th hour. We got this beautiful buy letter from Chronicle Books, and it was just a match made in heaven from the beginning. And then once Martha and I really got to working on the um, book in earnest, it came together so easily because it, it, it all made so much sense and we had so much fun doing it. And then Chronicle delayed us for a year. This book was supposed to come out last year. And they delayed us for a year uh-huh. for whatever reason, and then now it's coming out during a pandemic. <laughs> and so we it's, it's frustrating that it's, it's coming out during this time, but it also has turned out to be a beautiful thing because people are actually at home to spend time with it and actually read it and spend time with it and make what's in it. So so many friends and neighbors and people we don't even know have been cooking from this book already, and it's just been so fun to see.
0: Yeah, I had a neighbor um, drop by yesterday and asked me about the book, and I showed it to her, and she drove straight up to Lemuria uh, this morning and and waited to get one. So it's a it's a fantastic project. Uh, Carol, what were you gonna say?
1: Well, I was I was gonna say that you know really wanna paint paint the picture of uh, Amy and Martha's contribution to you know what has happened with culinary tourism and. Uh, promoting the culture of the of the Delta, and you know, Amy mentions that she moved back to Houston, Texas, but she came here as a graduate student. Amy, do you mind if I talk about you? Oh, please go ahead. Be nice. Okay, okay. <laughs> but but after art school at the University of uh, of Maryland, I mean, not the University of Maryland Institute College of Art. Came to get a master's in southern studies at Ole Miss, and we first met uh, as a result of a very late and I um, hate to say boozy night in the booths of the Old Gardenas restaurant. When Fred Carl and Margaret Carl, who were the founders of Viking, and John T. Edge, who was the head of the Southern Food Waste Alliance, and me, I was just an observer started talking about the wonderful food history of the Mississippi Delta and the contribution of uh, the Sicilians, um, the Lebanese, the Chinese. And Fred Carl said, you know, we really need to write this down. And so that started uh, what has, has been a wonderful project. But Amy, after getting her master's, Came to Viking for a summer and did twelve oral histories, uh, you know, which we can talk about. But these twelve oral histories have now morphed into over, I think, a thousand oral histories that Southern Foodways uh, has done. And so, Amy, you know, became the oral historian from that time. You want to comment on that, Amy?
3: Yeah, I mean, that project just launched so many things. It launched my career as an oral historian with the SFA it launched culinary tourism in greenwood because you know you and, and Fred got really hit to the idea of bringing people to greenwood to experience those places and it really set in place the kind of approach that um, I took with the Southern Foodways Alliance and doing uh, foodways field work and it, it it launched a thousand ships i mean it it was the project that, that started it all, and it's so amazing to, you know, have have worked on this project with Martha in Greenwood and Pluto and, you know, still have a foot really deep in the Delta dirt. I have, you know, one foot in Mississippi and one foot in Houston, but, um, you know, that it's all kind of come full circle, that I started my career in Mississippi in Greenwood, and I still visit there, and there's so much Greenwood and Delta in this book. I mean, Lenore Ann's Delta Hot Tamale Balls, is really just kind of uh, an ode to Delta Hot Tamales, which was a really big part of my career as an oral historian, oral historian with the SFA, the Mississippi Delta, Delta Hot Tamale Trail that I did the field work for way back in 2005. And that is the yeah. oral history project that still has such long legs. I mean, it's just the story and of And now Somalis a tamale
1: festival. Um, but that, that makes me, we, Martha, into this confluence because about that time, Martha came to work when we were opening the Alluvion and the mm-hmm. Tamale Trail came about because we were trying to think of ways to move people to the, through the Delta. People were coming from all over to the Alluvion and there was nothing to do. This was mm-hmm. before the cooking school. This was before the spa. And so, you know, Martha and Amy and John T. and a bunch of us were thinking, what does the Delta have in common uh, and, and it was tamales. So, um, you know, that project was born. And then, you know, Martha steps in with all her amazing talent, developing recipes for gardenas and heading up the Viking cooking school. And, you know, through the cooking school, Martha presented the culture of the Delta in a way that, uh, it, you know, it had never, never been done before. And it really caught the imaginations, not only of our, customers, but of, you know, magazines and TV shows. And, yeah, Martha, why don't you talk a little bit about cooking to the blues and you know, that whole genre of bringing the Delta into the kitchen.
2: Well, uh, you know, it's been well over a decade since um, uh, I've done uh, some cooking classes at Viking, but back in the day when we were getting it all started, um Lee Galt, who is our cousin, who's the namesake of Lenoreans, hot Somali galls, and um Elizabeth Burgess, who was um the director of the cooking school, we really wanted to literally jazz things up. And so, um we started to combine local musicians, uh Terry Harmonica Bean, a great blues, uh Harmonica player and guitar player, um, would come, and so, uh, kind of the way Emerald had, um, Doc playing on his show at the beginning, (laughs) we would, um, cook a little recipes, tell some stories about the area, while maybe I'm busy chopping something or frying something Terry would take over and put on the show, and also, um, the wonderful, uh, Dr. Alfonso Sanders would come in for some classes, and, um, play the saxophone and tell stories, and he wrote a great theme song for us um, called I Want Some, I believe it's I Want Some of Your Cooking, Some Sweet Ice Tea, um, and it was really a fun way to get people excited and um, open up some of the deep conversations that you can have about history and um, music and storytelling um, <clears throat> in a delicious way that... Um, You know, I always call these type of classes sounds good because it's words and music and um, something delicious to eat.
0: Well, I'm going to go back even a little further, Martha, and claim a little bit of of your uh, launch. Going back to Hallamow's when you were at Millsaps College, you were... a Really important part of the early days
2: really
0: of Hal and Mouse. Uh, and you also, besides working at Hal and Mouse and hanging out with my brother Hal, you also helped me with the Diddy Wadiddy, which was a, a monthly <laughs> publication. So, even in college, you were beginning to become who you are today.
2: Um, yeah, i attended the University of Life more than any other school, I think, but um. <laughs> Those were definitely some super fun days, and um, um, I loved Hal's and Hal's cooking, and those days at uh, Highland Miles, you know, when you're uh, 18 and a free-range teenager, you can have a lot of fun in those kinds of places.
0: (laughs) And we did.
2: Ain't you glad Walls Can't Talk? (laughs) <laughs> or
0: yeah it's just between us now <laughs> so uh tell us uh martha about your other books the other projects you won a james beard uh, award for one of them was that screen doors
2: mm-hmm. screen doors and sweet tea and then i wrote um a subtly course which really wasn't fair because you get like Four years to write your first book and then like nine months to write your second book. <laughs> um, and then um, I worked on, a, I don't know how many, tens and tens of books from celebrated chefs to home cooks. And then um, I wrote a book with Kimberly Schlotman of the band Little Big Town of the Girl Crush yep. song thing. Um, and she was an absolute doll to work with and that's a really fun project and it's in the Country Music Hall of Fame gift shop if you're ever there Um, I feel like I really made it when I saw one of my books at Stucky's on
0: I-40 that was a big (laughs) you knew you were in Uh, the big time (laughs) yep and then I wrote right, ladies time for a break Uh, this is our last pause for the hour before we wrap up our conversation with Martha and Amy so stay tuned You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White, Carol Puckett, Amy, and Martha are with us today. Their new cookbook is entitled, well, it's an art book, cookbook, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. It's made up of uh, recipes and notions and notes uh, and beautiful art and also these little vignettes. And I'm going to read uh, my favorite today, which could change tomorrow, Louise's Sardine Crisp. Louise kept her favorite earrings hidden in a sardine can in the cupboard. They weren't worth more than a dime, but she thought it was a fine hiding place for something that held such sentimental value. Louise didn't wear them very often for fear that they might break as soon as she held them up to her ears, but she would get them out every once in a while just to pay them a visit and recall the details of that too short summer she spent on the coast. I love that mm. one.
3: You know, I bought those earrings at Cheney's Pharmacy in Oxford.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you still got them.
3: <laughs> I gave them away. So, Amy, described.
0: But... Oh, you gave them away. Did,
3: Describe the painting
0: little that little. goes with that vignette.
3: So the painting started with the sardine can lid, which I actually still have. I'm not totally a hoarder, but I have a lot of things. But uh, So I have that sardine can lid, which I love, and then it just needed to be dressed up a little bit. And so I decided to throw those earrings in, in with it. And so and that's kind of what I do to challenge myself as an artist. That I want to kind of shove something in the composition that doesn't, you know, it's not a, an obvious combination or match or collection of things and then see where it takes me with the story and so that was one of those examples and that was also my black period there was only one year where I did these really dark black and brown backgrounds which I, I still love that series of paintings but I had some collectors here in Houston tell me Amy we missed the bright colors so it's like okay point taken <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, hey Martha could you
0: a talk time, a but... little bit about the sardine and how it made its way into the southern food canon?
2: Well, uh, for instance, the house out at Pluto, it's about 17 miles to get to town to a grocery store, but there's, you know, a bait shop about three and a half miles away. So, you know, that's a pretty, (laughs) pretty common lunch, I think, throughout the South. You know, a sleeve of saltines and a pack of sardines or... You know, smoked oysters and some white bread. So, um, and Vienna
1: uh, sausage.
2: Yes, and, Viennas. Viennas. Um, Vieners. And <laughs> to pair with this, uh, recipe, we did put are kind of like a little palmiers, little puff pastry dough, um, snacks. And this has got mustard and butter. And you just get a pack of frozen puff pastry and um, throw some sardines that come packed in the tomato sauce version and roll right. them up and sprinkle them with salt, and they are the best cocktail um, hour snacks. They're just salty and, and crisp and delicious. And they're fancy, mm. like mm. The earrings.
3: Yeah. To add, you're talking about sardines in Mississippi – Reminds me of the late, wonderful Shafiq Shamoon of Clarksdale and Shamoon Dresshaven. I interviewed him for a couple of projects, I think, but the Delta Lebanese Oral History Project. And he told me his favorite snack when he was peddling dry goods up and down the Delta was to sit under a tree and take a break with the Sleeve salt team and a can of sardines.
0: Mm, he was a that great guy. That might be my next I've book title. I enough to shoot a little <laughs> short film on him. <laughs> Also. Yes, I love
3: that film. That I one. love Shumoon's, and great. I think
0: it's going strong, you know? Yes, yes. As far as it... Love that chocolate oh, pie. Oh, my God, that oh. meringue, orang dang, dang. Martha, how Lobby. do you make meringue? Very carefully.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> With lots of years of of uh, experience and a patient hand, I guess.
3: Well, yeah. well, ladies, thank
0: you so much for joining us today. Very good luck with the book, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. Is it officially launched now? I think it is, right? Yes.
3: Yes. It's out there.
0: And it's, and it's in bookstores all across uh, the globe, I suppose, and also could probably be obtained online if one were so uh, inspired to do so. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Amy Evans and Martha Foose our great friends. Uh, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. Uh, is a fantastic book. It's the storied recipes from the deep south. Carol, what do you think?
1: I think, congratulations, girls. It is absolutely wonderful and uh and Malcolm and I'll be buying them and passing them out.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thank y'all so much.
3: Thank for you,
0: all. Thank
1: y'all. <laughs> Hope to
3: be through Mississippi soon when everybody when everybody says the word go and we can hug each other again.
1: Yeah, and we'd love to have y'all in the studio when you do a book signing here. I'm sorry that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, we'll do a deeper dive uh, with uh, our phone uh, connections not coming and going. But for now, it is what it is. I'm so happy uh, that the book is out, and it is a a beautiful and inspiring book. And I'm so proud of both of you. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank
0: you. Bye, y'all. See you later. So, Carol, next week we're going to do Community Cookbooks. Yes, we are.
1: So I hope everybody starts pulling them off their shelf and thinking about their favorite recipes.
0: Community Cookbooks coming up next Monday on Deep South Dining. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Broadcasting's Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by the one and only Java Chapman. Up next... We have Marshall Ramsey, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedies at 11 o'clock. For Carol Puckett, this is Malcolm White. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next Monday at 9 a.m. for Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.